It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The quarterbacks take a tumble on day two. They got taken, but not anywhere near where we thought. This is coming up today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crowker. And of course, I'm joined always by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. He's Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter. I'm at Eric underscore Crowker. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. A lot of exciting stuff, man. Day two is in the books. It's wrapped up and a lot of intriguing things happen, but I think nothing more intriguing than what we saw from the quarterback position. Yeah, Late slides for everyone. All right, so right now, let's just kind of start with these quarterbacks, which was polarizing. A lot of people thought, like, you know what? This isn't a great quarterback class. It's not very strong. But people still were pushing guys up the board. I mean, we were hearing things about potentially Malik Willis going number two overall, going number six overall. Not only did he not go number two or number six, I mean, he went not first round, not second round, late third round. So was there any surprise from you with Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback off of the board? And were you surprised at all with where he went? He wasn't. When I did my final rankings, I had Kenny in the bottom third of the first round. Uh, So right about at the top at 20 where he went. The the thing that really threw me off is I had the next guys going at the very top of the second round. So I was a whole round off. I did have Desmond Ritter being my number two, and he was the number two. It was just like 40 picks after I thought he might go. (laughs) Right. How do you like the fits for some of these teams? All right. Uh, In just case you guys are hearing this for the first time, you have Kenny Pickett, who was picked by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round, picked 20 overall. And then after that, the next three guys all went in the third round. Desmond Ritter went to the Atlanta Falcons, Malik Willis to the Tennessee Titans, and Matt Corral to the Carolina Panthers. Is there any fit there that just stands out to you? You know, for me, it's Desmond Ritter to the Falcons because they have some weapons there. They have pits. They added weapons in this draft. And and he's a guy that I think, because Mariota is is a a veteran, but he hasn't been a force in the league, I think there's opportunity for him to sit back the first half of the season and learn. And if they don't get to 500, I think you're going to see Desmond Ritter as a rookie. Yeah, Ritter is the intriguing one because this is a guy who it feels like is, for some reason, safe, even though he kind of has some accuracy issues. I mean, and when I say accuracy issues, it's not even just like a ball placement thing. It's just missing badly. Yeah. On certain routes. I mean, it could be a five-yard out route, and he throw it 10 yards over someone's head. And it's like, well, how do you? I think it comes down to his platform, man. Like, I, I think they have to fix his feet. He, yeah. He's he's not only high on a lot, he's wide on a lot as well. And I think that's definitely the way that his lower body is stationed 
when he goes to deliver the ball. So I think that kind of thing is definitely coachable, and I think it'll take maybe half a season to get there. But I think he can turn that around. Well, you would hope so because he has so much to bring to the table. I mean, a guy who can make the off-script plays with his legs – move around. You can do read option stuff with him. He can really make throws to every level of the field. I think his arm is definitely strong enough. It's not like, you know, Malik Willis arm or anything like that, but in the sense of being able to be like, you know, that dynamic passer, as well as a guy with his legs, he can do it, but you just need more consistency from him in the accuracy department. And he got a receiver drafted Alec Pierce going this year. Uh, where do you go to the uh, Indianapolis Colts? I believe now like that. Mm-hmm. Alec Pierce was a guy who I'm like, you know, every time a, a team needs a receiver, I'm there on the set telling like, oh, Alec Pierce, this is why I like him. And uh, finally he was taken by the Indianapolis Colts. But you just, again, see what Desmond was able to do with him. And when they were on the same page and when Desmond was aggravated, I think that's something that the Atlanta Falcons are probably hoping they get more of that version of Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And and I think that they can. Like, I'm optimistic because of the presence of Mariota. And like you said, the RPO factor, you can do that with, with Ritter. They're both tall. They're both lanky. Like, I, I think there's enough similarities that you don't have to completely adjust the offense for Ritter when he comes in. I think he's cerebral enough to pick it up. And so I, I'm really optimistic about his fit and his opportunity there. Well, I think the best thing about the fit with Ritter there with the Atlanta Falcons is who he'll be throwing the ball to. You know, you have two big receivers, one that's six foot six, another one that's six foot four. And when I say receiver that's six foot six, we're talking about Kyle Pitts, who's listed as a tight end, but everything about his game says receiver. I mean, these are guys who are hard to miss. So if you can't be accurate throwing to these guys with these huge catch radiuses and terrific contested catchability, then I think you have, Serious some problem. issue there, and I don't know if you'll be able to play in the NFL, or at least for that, not that long. Uh, Malik Willis, he goes to the Tennessee Titans in the third round, and he was a guy everyone kept saying, okay, quarterback, is this when he goes? Is this when he goes? We have Isaiah Stanback in the studio with us. He's a former quarterback himself at University of Washington, was drafted to the Dallas Cowboys to play receiver, but he was talking about, he's a diehard Seahawks fan. And he's like, all right, take Malik Willis, take Malik's Malik Willis. He had been waiting on it. It never happened. He was a little upset with that, but he finally does go to the Tennessee Titans, a team where you have Ryan Tannehill. You don't need a guy to have to come in right now and play. He can kind of sit, and maybe that it helped the game slow down for him. Yeah, I I would think so. It all depends on like how opens the room. What can Tannehill do to help him along, and is he willing to? Uh, we have seen sometimes where existing quarterbacks don't really feel it's their job to bring along their replacement. And clearly, with the age that Ryan Tannehill is, this has to be seen as an eventual replacement. And, folks, if you want to go see Isaiah's reaction, you can go back and watch that on the Locked On NFL channel here on YouTube as well. It's, it's worth taking a look at. Yeah, we are over there on the Locked On NFL channel. You guys can check out everything that's going on as pertaining with the draft and us covering that live and direct. Every single pick we're talking about that, we're breaking down prospects. Uh, have a nice little fun back and forth and the local experts tuning in after each time their team picks. Uh, Malik Willis, when do you expect to see him on the field? Because Ryan Tannehill, he's a guy who has done very well for himself in the sense of just saying, you know what, I am a starting quarterback in the NFL. Maybe 
I need a little help. Maybe I need to run this guy, Derrick Henry, behind me 40 times a game. But he can make just enough throws per game to keep them in the mix. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, did the Houston Texans, uh, Houston, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, were they the number one seed in the AFC? I do not believe so, no. Heading into the playoffs? I'd have to go back and look to tell you the truth. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why like that's three years ago, right? right? At least it feels like it's been that long. It doesn't sound right, <laughs> but I feel like they were the number one seed somehow. Because for a while, I think it was the Patriots. They kind of were in that range. I think it ended up being Houston. But anyways, that just goes to show this is a team that, like, they they win games with him at quarterback. And they were missing guys for a lot of the season. Uh, Julio Jones, he was not healthy. Uh, Derrick Henry, he missed a lot of time. So it was kind of the A.J. Brown show, and they traded him away. So that's not ideal for a young guy like Malik Willis. He's going to have to build some type of rapport with young receiver uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. So we'll see if they get on the same page there. But when we get back coming up next, we are going to talk a little bit about Matt Corral, the fit with the Panthers, when can he potentially crack that lineup with Sam Darnold at quarterback, and some other quarterbacks who haven't come off the board yet. I know you like baby Zappy. We'll get into him and more. But first, we want to talk to you a little bit about Shady Rays. And Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else with Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair of sunglasses that they have. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't like them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 mils are donated to Fight the Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners only. Head over right now to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code Locked On to get 15% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for the best deal of the season. 50% off of two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Again, we want to thank you for making us your first listener of the day. And again, throughout this process, when you wake up tomorrow morning, we will be live on the Locked On NFL website on the YouTube account. Make sure you tune into that to everything that we're talking about with these prospects. But Ryan, let's talk about Matt Corral a little bit and what's going on over there with the Panthers. Do you think he has the best chance to see the field the soonest with Sam Donald being the only quarterback that would be above him? Yeah, I think he has the best spot to play early, right? And it's not just about Darnold. It's also about the fact that 
the staff, I think, has to get creative. And how do you get creative with Matt Corral? You start running more RPOs. And that's something that you can either develop a package for or you can bring him in as a change of pace. And I think it takes a little pressure off of Darnold. It allows the staff to play around, and he might even buy them some time. So I think he is the guy that has the best shot of getting in there early. Right, and when he does get in, if he does get in, I think we're all banking on that happening. He has some good pass catchers to throw the ball to. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Christian McCaffrey out the backfield. So he's your safety blanket, whether it's him running the ball or throwing to him out of the backfield. But along with Christian McCaffrey, you have a guy like DJ Moore. He goes over 1,000 yards. I think he's one of the more, I want to say underrated receivers, but, yeah, probably underrated receivers in the league. A dynamic pass catcher, run-after-catch guy, can win vertically down the field and stretch the field. I like a lot of what DJ Moore does. Then you have Robbie Anderson. He's another guy. Had a little drops issue this past season, but he's another guy who can stretch the field, a dynamic player. And then Terrace Marshall. He's in the second year, heading into his second year out of LSU, a big body guy who can play in the slot or outside. So there's definitely plenty of weapons. So if any of these guys were starting to talk about maybe the best situation for these quarterbacks, Matt Corral, he might be in the best one. In the sense of him being able to play, and if he's good, he can really make an immediate impact. There are guys on board still. You have Sam Howell out of UNC. He has not been picked yet. Guys like Bailey Zappi. All right. Are you interested to see kind of where these guys go and what do you see happening with them? Yeah, the, the big three that are left are, are Hal, Zappy, and Strong, right? And and I do think there is somebody who's going to draft Strong as well. I, I think outside of that, you get a little bit iffy with Cone, Purdy. Like, there, there are some options late. But I prefer Zappy out of all of them because the processing, the quick delivery, and his ability to run a pro-style offense. Now, that doesn't mean it's a, it's a slam dunk. It doesn't mean that he's going to be, uh, you know, a fourth-round pick. None of these guys might go until, say, the sixth when it gets to the point of, hey, you know, YOLO kind of thing, maybe this guy could pan out. We'll take a draft pick on him. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think Howell's been greatly exaggerated his potential because when the other three guys that we thought might all be first-rounders or at least have the potential don't go until round three, I can't see how Howell goes anything earlier than mid-fourth. And, you know, the interesting interesting thing with Howell is, I mean, again, this is a guy who people were expecting to be not just a first-round pick, but a top-five pick when we are talking about heading into this season. And they are waiting on other guys as well. Uh, Spencer Rattler, Keaton Slovis. I know mm-hmm. those are guys that are coming out next year along with the you know Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But I'm pretty sure not what Sam Howe was expecting. And they kept showing him in the war room every time they did that, uh, his party that he had going on. I kind of felt bad. He was down. Everyone around him was kind of bummed out. And he's still on the board heading into day three. Do you foresee him maybe going early fourth round? And do you see a team that might be able to utilize his services? I mean, early, I I have trouble seeing it. Could it be mid to, to late fourth? Yeah, it possibly could. I think it might be beyond that, too, because I think if everybody waited till the third, when those three quarterbacks came off the board, you would think there would have been a rush to get your guy if you wanted a guy in Sam Howell. And at the end of the day, 
I think the comparison to Baker Mayfield may be overriding some of the evaluations. Clearly, I, that would be coloring you in a, in a disfavorable way, right? And it might drive you down a little bit. I think it does become a thing where somebody that has an established quarterback that wants a viable backup that you have to develop, that's where he's going to land. I think the one thing that is going to help a guy like Sam Howell is there's no pressure to have to play right away. And what do you think about a fit with the Seattle Seahawks, a team that has Drew Locke? Uh, they're going to see what he has, but maybe bringing a guy like Sam Howell to back him up. And if you end up getting that high upside that you originally thought you were getting with Sam Howell, then you might have a quarterback of the future. Well, the only problem I see with that is there's not many landing spots left for Baker Mayfield himself. And if, if you are the next Baker Mayfield, teams might be more more apt to go get the original because he has so many snaps in the NFL. And if he's available and he's cheap, that might be something that the Seahawks or, or another team does in order to just go get him. Because I think that experience gives gives him a huge edge just in terms of, of what you're doing, but there's also a track record there. So I, I would be on the watch for a quick trade early in day three of Baker Mayfield himself, or else then maybe Sam Howell becomes the option. You know, there were rumors that we were kind of hearing during the draft about Baker Mayfield potentially being moved, and – it was two Carolina Panthers, but then they went and grabbed Matt Corral. So let's say Baker Mayfield is available, which we know he is. Where is a potential landing spot for him? Because right now it feels like there's no spots. I, I agree. That's kind of, I'm searching around trying to look like what could you do? And maybe it is just a backup role. And if you do with Baker, maybe you slide him back in there behind Deshaun Watson, knowing that you're not planning for anything there. Could it be somebody with an aging quarterback like an Atlanta or uh, like a Washington that has Wentz currently slated? And, and Heineke's a, a decent quarterback as well. But I, I think if they were meant to stay together, they would have already made plans to do that. But there's not a whole lot of places. Right. So when we come back, coming up next, we're going to talk about some players that landed in some more ideal spots for them some winners and losers, and just prospects that we really like where they landed. But first, we want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. And the summer is coming, so, you know, what you're going to need to get on the go, you're going to need some Built Bars. That's the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in a bag, in your kids' backpacks, and make sure that everyone has a Built Bar that's going to fuel them for their summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious for health, all right? You get the best of both worlds with Bill Bars. All Bill Bars and their puffs are covered with 100% real chocolate. That means that the Bill Bars can be easily healthy and actually enjoy it. You have, if you haven't tried the puffs, you must try them now. You're going to go crazy for the puffs, all right? They are a fan favorite and they're definitely my favorite as well. You know, if it's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mixed box. The mix box has 12 different flavors of bars and puffs, and you get to find out which one that you like the most, and then you can order those separately. Bill Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. All right. Know what my favorite flavor is? It's probably the Key Lime Pie Puff. All right. That's probably my favorite one right there. And I know I can eat that and not worry about if it's bad for me. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. So what you're going to do is 
Go to Built.com to get all of your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious, and they're all going to be your new favorite. And they're coming out with flavors all the time. Check them out at Built.com. All right, go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Ryan, I'm going to let you start this thing off. Winners and losers. Who's your first winner? My first winner is Nick Benito. I like the situation he's landed in in Denver across from Bradley Chubb with Malik Reed in-house as well. He doesn't have to be the primary defender. He doesn't have to play on first down. He's going to have a designated pass rush role. He's going to walk into that, and he's going to come screaming off the edge, the thing that he does best. I think that allows him the time to grow into a complete edge that they can probably play in a number of different ways. I don't know how long they stay with the four-man front. I could see them going to 3-4 in the next year two and that i think plays right into the direction that he wants to go so i think he's in a pretty good situation i think one of the bigger winners in my opinion was a guy who didn't even he wasn't even in his draft it's probably aaron Rodgers. green bay packers went out and got them a receiver christian watson out of north dakota state i'm interested to see how well he does right i mean we know how aaron Rodgers can be and i would assume for a receiver the learning process there is probably tough because there's a lot expected of you. And I know we saw the rapport that Aaron Rodgers had with Devontae Adams for those years, but that took some time. Well, Christian Watson is not going to have that time. But if it does come along pretty quickly, then that's definitely going to help Aaron Rodgers because right now that receiver room is very, very thin. So Aaron Rodgers didn't even play, but I think he's one of the winners because Green Bay Packers draft Christian Watson. It's the best way to do it, right? When you don't even have to do anything to get the win. I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, as far as the team win goes, for me, it's the Atlanta Falcons. I really like what they did. Drake London off the top. Arnold Abiketti at the top of the second. You get a, a long, explosive edge rusher. He's got some work to do, but he's going to come along. You come back later in the third with D'Angelo Malone. Now you have a pair of edge rushers that are young. You've had some trouble with that in the, in the last few years, but I think Terry Fano really nailed it down and got that squared away. You got Troy Anderson, the coverage linebacker, in the second. And we already talked about Ritter, that could be the QB of the future with a, with a little bit of a breathing room here. I think that's a nice haul for the first three rounds. Yeah, you talked about Arnold Ebiketti with the Atlanta Falcons, edge rusher out of Penn State. And a few picks later, another team had a couple of picks back-to-back. All right, the Seattle Seahawks, they took Boye Mafe and Kenneth Walker. All right, Boye Mafe, edge rusher out of Minnesota. Uh has to continue to refine and create and make sure that he has a plan when he's doing his pass rushes. But if he can do that, we're talking about somebody that's going to be legit coming off of the edge. And then to compound that with Kenneth Walker, the third running back out of Michigan state, one of the better rushers in this class, you know, that's going to allow Seattle Seahawks to kind of get back to what they want to do, which is 
really run the rock and make that their identity. So they definitely are one of the early winners for me. Yeah, just don't tell Marshawn how much they want to run right now, okay? But right, no, just not the one yard line. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I Ken Walker was was top of my board for the running back. So I really like the fit. They put Cross on their roster earlier in round one. So now you got a big bodied athletic tackle that he can run behind. I like his cut and go. I think he's gonna be a nice fit on there and gives them a little bit of breathing room on the quarterback as well. So, yeah, in the third round, I like what Chicago Bears did, going out and get Velas Jones out of Tennessee. I mean, this is a young, dynamic receiver. I keep saying young. I know he's probably the oldest prospect in this class, being 25 years old when the season starts. But to give Justin Fields that type of weapon, opposite Mooney, or a guy who can play in the slot, or a guy that can return kicks, or a guy just that you need that playmaker and get the ball in his hands, he's that guy. Very, very explosive, twitched up. Think he's gonna win and be able to create separation underneath. I really like what they did by Adam Village Jones because I was worried for a little bit. I'm like, man, what are the Chicago Bears going to do for their young quarterback? I think Village yeah. Jones is gonna help. Well, I think they also helped on the other side too, to to not put so much pressure on field to have to score as many points by adding Kyler Gordon first and then Jaquan Brisker. You just added two players to your starting lineup. As far as I can tell right now, that those guys become starters right now. Lockdown, just how much teams can go over the top of them. That takes some of the pressure off of fields as well. If they can drop the number of points, three, four points that they have to score every game, that helps him develop as well. Right. And then I think my last favorite pick was probably the New England Patriots drafted Marcus Jones, cornerback out of Houston. This is a guy who's, I thought he was going to slide. He's being challenged a little bit by a few different things here. They does not have working in his favor. One, his age. He's a little bit older. Two, he's not the biggest of guys. Three, he's injured. He has like these double shoulder injuries that he's dealing with. And then four, no testing at all throughout this process because of the injuries. So those things working against him, but still ends up going third round. New England Patriots, I think that's a perfect fit for a player like him who they do a lot lot of matchup stuff. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to put you in a disadvantage uh, situation where you're going to have to go and guard this big 6'3", six, 6'4", six, receiver. They're going to put him on guys where they see fit, where it's a guy outside or inside, but he can match the movement skills of maybe somebody smaller, a mirror that, and he has terrific coverage skills. So I think that's one of my, probably my last favorite pick in the third round. My last one is, it goes hand-in-hand hand with one of your favorite guys, Alec Pearson, landing in Indianapolis. I like what they did in the third round where they, they got him early, and then they came back inside, down the middle with Jelani Woods, the tight end. He'll play next to Bernard Raymond right in there, their new tackle, and then Nick Cross on the defensive side to play down there. Cross, I think, is the best pickup there because I think he can be a game-changer in a lot of ways. You talked a ton about him on the live stream, but in addressing one thing outside and then solidifying the inside of what you're trying to do, both offense and defense, I think that allows you to help Jonathan Taylor and then set the tone for your offense. Again, try to limit how many points you have to score by helping the over the top with the safety. What are you looking most forward to with the uh, day three? The things that I don't expect. I think there's going to be some curveballs. I still think there could be some players that get traded that then drastically change what team needs are as we go through the process. But there's a lot of athleticism left in this draft, and I think we're going to find the teams that match up athleticism to need the best are going to be the ones that win this draft. 
And we'll be covering all that starting tomorrow morning. Make sure you tune in to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel so you can catch myself, Ryan Tracy, Peter. We got Isaiah with us. All that and more live. Make sure you go subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live. But until then, that's going to do it for today's episode. We are out. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.